0: Well, this weekend it is Pentecost Sunday, and uh, all across the world in the church world they 're celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and uh, this is found in Acts chapter two, and I just want to read it for us. I know we 've read it in this series a couple of times, but it 's Pentecost weekend, Pentecost Sunday, so I want to read this it 's found in Acts chapter two, verse one. It says, "When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, suddenly a sound like the blowing." Of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It was an amazing moment that God poured out His Holy Spirit. And the disciples were given an impossible task. Like, you're going to go into all the world and you're going to preach the gospel. You're going to go into all the world, preach the good news. You're going to go into hostile territory and preach the news that Jesus Christ forgives them of their sins. And if they had to do it in their own power, how many know we were in trouble? We were in trouble. If they had to do it in their own power, but instead Jesus says, I want you to wait. I want you to wait. And in Luke 24, verse 49, it says, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And they got their power. They got their power so they could be witnesses. They got their power so they could go. They got their power so they could live for God. They got their power so they could die for God. They could say, we are going to go in power to the ends of the earth and do whatever it takes. Because again, Acts eight says, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so we are celebrating that this weekend. Right now, we're celebrating that the the Lord poured out His power. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. They were empowered to be bold witnesses, and they just didn't stay home and have a church huddle. They broke the huddle and went into all the world. And we're the recipients. I mean, we're part of this in all the world. And we said in this series that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was for them. It was. We see this in Acts. It was for them, but it was for me. And all of our pastors that preached that weekend shared, I have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I have this power. And then we said, it's for you. And then I added last week, but it's for them. It's so that we can go into all the world with power and we can go out there and, and, and help people to know who Jesus Christ is, to know the message, to in the, in the face of fighting back spiritual darkness, we have the power and the gifts of the Spirit to help us move forward to make a greater advance uh, in the in the area of missions and sharing our faith. And we talked about that the uh, power that was there to reach this, these people that is here, um, it, it was on a few people, and now it's for all of us. It's for all of us. This power is available. And I want to remind you, the Holy Spirit retreat is next week. Holy Spirit retreat is next week on Saturday the 15th. You can go to our website. It's right there on our website. You can sign up for it. It's at our Crosstown campus, our Apple Valley campus, I'm praying that we just will have hundreds and hundreds of people that will do it. I'm praying for rain that day, honestly, just letting you know and, you know, get you in here. I'm just praying. I'm praying. Here's the thing. It is, it's, it's so important that I've said to people, I would, I would rather have you go Saturday morning than Sunday that weekend. I would rather have you go Saturday morning to that. Like, if you're like, well, we're trying to do this. I got a mold it and do all these things. I would rather have you take the time. If you've not been to the Holy Spirit retreat, I, I would rather have you be there. I would rather have you be a part of this and get in there and say, I want to be part of this. I know there's more for me. I want to be part of this. I want to have the power of the Holy Spirit for my daily life. I want to have that power to be a witness. I want to have the gifts in operation in my life. I desire a prayer language. The Bible calls that tongues. And it's not a do you have to, you get to, you get to. And so, uh, and I just want to speak to people that have kind of stiff-armed this or said, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Um, I, I need you to keep your spiritual hunger up. I need you to keep your spiritual hunger up. Like, I want this. I desire this. I, I, I am praying for these gifts. I'm praying for this experience for my life. I want you to keep your hunger up. I know some people say, well, went to the Holy Spirit, yeah, retreat, and you know, it was okay and everything. And you're kind of like, nah, it's okay. No, you've got to keep your hunger. You've got to keep your hunger. I love what R.A. Torrey said. He said, no man ever received what he thought he could get along without it. He's like, if you just think, ah, nah, you're not going to receive you want to be hungry, you want to be desperate, and I'm praying for a desperate hunger in our church saying, we want more. We're singing that song, Holy Spirit, my heart is open. Like, I want more. If you have more for me, Lord Jesus, and you want me to be baptized in the Spirit, I am hungry. I desire this. If the disciples needed the power, I need the power. And I've shared the illustration before, and I'll share it again, and maybe it'll be part of like what River Valley shares when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. But I have a deep obligation just to, to make sure you have power and you understand the power that's available. And it's, I'm reminded of when I bought a, a truck. I went into a, the dealership and I said... Um, I have one hour to buy that truck. I want that truck one hour. I've got one hour. I, I have good credit. I know the truck. This is the price. We can agree on that. Let's get it done in one hour. Can we do that? And they said, we can do it. And they actually did it. It was like 59 minutes. We actually did the whole thing, all right? In one hour. It was amazing. And as I'm walking out, the guy says, do you know all about your truck? And I said, I do. It's like the same model. I just had this version. Now I'm going to a newer version. I know all about it. He says, you know all about it? I said, Yep. He said, now, do you know about the remote starter on your truck? I said, oh, my new truck has remote start. He said, I said, that's awesome. I, I, I want, I didn't, re- that's a great option. I said, how do I work it? He says, well, you take your key fob and you press lock twice and then you hold that circular button right here and your truck will start. And I'm like, pff, pff. and my truck, my new truck, it starts. And I'm like, that is awesome. I have remote starter. And then I was like, wait a minute, let me see my old key fob. And I looked at that thing and I saw that circle button that I never knew what it did. So I look at my old truck and I push lock twice. I push that round button and my old truck started. And I thought to myself, you gotta be kidding me. I had all that power and I never knew it. All those cold Minnesota winter days and I never remote started my truck. I was like, where's my old salesman? He's in trouble, you know? I was like, how come nobody told me about the power? And I feel that obligation with you right now. Like there is power available, power to be a witness, power to, be, uh, empowered to to have breakthroughs, to flow in the gifts of the Spirit, power to pray in your prayer language, power that's available where it says being built up in the Holy Spirit. That's available for you. And we're not going to be the type of church that just holds back the power and we all remote start our lives and, and, and you don't, okay? And this is for everyone, Some of you are like, well, I'm sure that the 500 missionaries we're sending out, they really need that. No. People living in Wyzetta and Apple Valley and Faribault and, I mean, and Woodbury, you need it too. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to be the people that God's called us to be, to be empowered to do everything He's called us to do. It's not just for the missionaries. It's not just for the pastors. It's for all of us every single one of us. Now, last week we looked and got some insight into the Holy Spirit by looking at symbols of the Holy Spirit, okay? Symbols that helped us to get a better understanding. Today we're going to look at two unique verses that talk about the Holy Spirit, and these two unique verses that talk about the Holy Spirit tell us two things that we're not supposed to do to the Holy Spirit. We're not supposed to quench Him, and we're not supposed to grieve Him. We're not supposed to quench Him, and we're not supposed to grieve Him. So First one's very short. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 19. Pretty straightforward. Do not quench the spirit. Pretty straightforward. Like I wonder what that means. Do not quench the spirit. All right? Don't quench the Spirit. Now, remember, we talked about the Holy Spirit. He's like wind. He's unpredictable. Okay? Not necessarily weird. Sometimes there's things that the Holy Spirit does that we don't fully understand, but sometimes people see weird people that say, I'm full of the Spirit, and you're like, I don't want that. All right? I have news for you. Those weird people were weird before they were filled with the Spirit. All right? Okay? So, I mean, and I got to say, sometimes that the Holy Spirit will lead me, and I'm just, I don't fully understand all the things. It's where supernatural and natural are coming together, and I'm still trying to get on the same page with what God's doing, and it seems weird to me. And then at the end, you're like, that all makes sense now. But as I was stepping into that, I didn't know, okay? Now, so we can quench the Holy Spirit when He doesn't do what we thought. We can quench the Holy Spirit when He shows up in a different way than we thought. And we can quench Him. And th- this verse is really talking about like, almost like a fire, that there's a fire going on and it's saying, don't quench the Holy Spirit, like the fire is burning. And you're just like, nope, 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 nope. We're gonna put this fire out. That's the picture. Like there's not a real fire here, it's not, anyway, all right. But the picture is like, nope, I'm not gonna have any of that. We are not gonna have that, any of that. And there's a lot of people that live that way. Holy Spirit, nope, nope, you can't speak to me that way. The Holy Spirit says, I want you to go pray. You're like, nope, nope, I'm not praying for them. Holy Spirit says, today's your day to get free. Go up to the prayer team, pray with them. Nope, nope, not today. We have to go to lunch. How many? Sounds familiar, doesn't it? And we quench the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's trying to do something in our life, and we are quenching Him, like putting out the fire. And the Holy Spirit's saying, "Today, the Holy Spirit might have whispered to you, the Holy Spirit retreat, June fifteenth. You're like, not a summer day. I'm going to the Holy Spirit retreat when it's winter. Not going to do it, okay? And the Holy Spirit's like, don't quench, don't quench." But it's more than just like those things there. Uh, This verse is right next to one that says, don't treat prophecies with contempt. So Paul is writing, and he's saying, don't quench the Spirit. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Don't look at the things of God. Don't look at the way the Holy Spirit wants to break in and do these things that are new and unpredictable and prophetic in your life. Don't quench those things. I won't embarrass anybody and, and share, but... I I, I felt last week I was visiting the Faribault campus and I just felt, I was in the lobby and I I felt like God gave me a prophetic word over somebody and I spoke that over them. I could have easily just thought, I'll just, I won't do that. I, I might seem weird. I met with our Minneapolis campus just this week and we were having breakfast and I felt like God gave me a prophetic word just to speak over them. And for those of you that are wondering, I believe prophetic words are, are there for us to strengthen, to encourage, and to comfort. It's not like I said, I see this in your, f-. it wasn't like that, okay? It was just, this is what I see, and God is calling you up to this word, and he wants to speak this over you prophetically. He wants to call you up. I looked at a young man last week. I said, this is what God sees in you. He wants you to step up to that. I You understand? And so I'm, I'm using these prophetic gifts to strengthen, to encourage, to comfort. That's what's going on. And I, and I just think that we, 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 just, we can look down on the things of God, like, not, not in our church, no, and I can't share that, and, and, and I, I don't want to do that. And so we quench and we push and we say, not going to happen. No, we have a, a program that we have to get to. It's Pentecost Sunday. We have to sing the song, Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we, we quench the Holy Spirit with our doubts We quench the Holy Spirit when we're indifferent. We quench the Holy Spirit when we reject the things that he's asking us to do. We quench the Holy Spirit when we're so distracted with these other things that we run our agenda instead of what the Holy Spirit wants. I'm just praying that we won't ignore the Holy Spirit. A lot of times he'll say to you, stop that. Start that. And we do you No, 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 no. Pour that on that. Pour that on that. Holy Spirit says this is what I want you to give. No, 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 no. Pour a little water on that. No, no, no. And we quench the Holy Spirit. And each time we do that, we just push Him a little further away and a little further away. We just say, nope, nope. no. Nope. No, 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 no. Don't want to listen. I want us to listen. I want us to lean in. Let's not quench the Holy Spirit. And you got to know that our pastors will test things and try things. And we're, we're here to lead the service and to keep order in the service. And you know, you're like, oh no, he's talking about like Holy Spirit unpredictable and don't quench. And I've been to churches like that before. And you know, no, no, you have great leadership here that will help lead and guide that and will just keep things moving forward. And, and I, But we want the Holy Spirit to move. I want to see miracles. I want to see breakthrough. I want to see freedom. I want to see just us being led by the Spirit and not quenching the Holy Spirit, but saying, Lord, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. You're welcome. What do you want? What do you want? You know, Holy Spirit, move in this place. As we are in worship, I just, I, we're raising our hands. We're, we're singing our praise. We're saying, Holy Spirit, move in this place. And that's what we're desiring. We don't want to quench the holy spirit. Now the other one is don't grieve the holy spirit. Ephesians 4:30 it says, "And do not grieve the holy spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption." But the first part, "And do not grieve the holy spirit of God." As a believer, you do this. As a believer, we grieve the holy spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit, for a non-believer, is just trying to get them to repent, and the Holy Spirit is drawing them to Jesus, and the Holy Spirit knows that they're sinning, and so it's not a grieving that's going on, it's just He's trying to draw them to Jesus. But for those of us that are followers of Jesus, we can do things that grieve the Spirit. Now, the Greek word that's used here is lepi, and it denotes a pain or grief that can only be experienced between two people who deeply love each other. So when it says you're grieving the Holy Spirit, it means that you're a follower of Jesus. You love Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is magnifying Jesus. And and in this moment, you're going to do something that grieves the Holy Spirit because there's a love from God towards you and there's a love for what Jesus Christ has done for you and there's a grieving and really this word means basically like someone that caught their spouse in adultery and they're so grieved and their heart is broken and they're like no that's the depth of it saying don't do things that grieve the holy spirit don't do things that devastate the relationship don't do things that wound the relationship don't do these things it's interesting the verse before where it talks about grieving talks about don't let unwholesome words come out of your mouth But only those things which are pleasing and edifying and then it says and don't grieve the holy spirit how many know your words can grieve the holy spirit and then right after that it talks about get rid of rage and anger and slander and and it's all these actions right after so like it's like don't talk bad and grieve the Holy Spirit. And, and don't do these bad actions that grieve the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit form you and shape you into the person you need to be in Jesus Christ. And he, he grieves over us because he knows that the God's like, no, no, my kids, I don't want that in my kids. I don't want you talking like that. Holy Spirit, uh, show them. God's like, I, I don't want them acting like that. And so the Holy Spirit grieves because He knows that there can be discipline involved, where God's like, "No, I don't. I don't want you to act that way." And He also understands there's a distance there. Every time we sin, there's a distance. There's a loss of peace that happens in our life, and the Holy Spirit is grieved. And the beautiful thing is, I, I thank God that the Holy Spirit is not like Minnesota personality. How many are with me? The Holy Spirit is not passive aggressive. Yeah, you're forgiven. I said you're forgiven, you know, we're fine. No, no, nothing to see. You know, I mean, thank God. But he's also not New York personality either. He, you're terrible. You know, how many know? Like I said, you know, so he, he doesn't give you the silent treatment. The Holy Spirit's not passive aggressive. The Holy Spirit's not a jerk, okay? The Holy Spirit, man, he, he beautifully just, when we, when we do those things that are wrong, we, sin. When we sin, the Holy Spirit convicts us of those things. We're in right relationship. Like we've been forgiven and we still live in this world and we don't live perfect. And so when we sin, the Holy Spirit says, no, that's not how you should behave. And you can feel that that grieving that you've done, that you've done something that grieves that relationship with God. You can feel a distance. And how many know when you've done something wrong? Like I can remember back when, I was a kid, and I would do something wrong, and I, did, I didn't want to be around mom and dad. I knew that I had something that was between me and them, and I did something, and so I, I didn't want to be around. And so the Holy Spirit knows that there's that distance there, and the Holy Spirit is bringing that conviction and saying, God wants to change you. God wants to work on that area. God wants you to, to say you're sorry and repent of that. God wants that to change. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to illustrate this for you. I want to ask the guys to get ready, and and not quite yet, but just get ready, all right? I'm going to give you this. I, you got to stay with me. This is heavy lifting now. This is heavy lifting, all right? I just distracted everybody. Now I'm going to get you back, all right? <laughs> heavy lifting, heavy lifting, all right? I believe this. I believe that we have two advocates that are at work in our life. We have Jesus and we have the Holy Spirit that are at work in our life advocating for it. Now, I want to read this for you. First John 2.1 says, My dear children... I write this to you so that you will not sin. That's our goal, not to sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. All right, so I'm not trying to trick anybody, but who's the advocate here? Jesus. And who's he to? The Father, okay? And he's for us. He's like saying to the Father, if they sin, we have an advocate. All right, let me read the other verse and then I'll illustrate it for you. All right, in John 14... Verse 15, Jesus is speaking. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. One more verse, John 14, 26. Stay with me. Heavy lifting. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said. Now, I want to illustrate this for you. And guys, if you can come on up here for me and uh, help me out. I just want to help you to understand this. Come right up here. Stand right next to me. All right. I've got Keith here. And uh, Keith is going to represent God the Father. How many think that's a good choice, right? You, all right. You Keith. All right. All right. And then we've got Sam. He's going to be... Jesus, the Son, and which He's actually His Son. That's kind of cool there. And then I just thought, if anybody's to be the Holy Spirit, it's Pastor Ryan, you know? So I thought that. And then I needed somebody to sin, so I picked one of my kids, Logan. And, uh, okay, so. He's good a couple weeks ago. This week, he's getting an illustration. All right. Now follow me on this. Follow me on this, okay? So when. When we ask for forgiveness, the Holy Spirit is drawing us to to accept the grace that Jesus Christ, and he's like pleading with us to accept the forgiveness that Jesus has paid for so we can have peace with the Father. Does that make sense? Make sense? And then we're walking with Jesus. We're a Christian. We're following God. And then something happens. Logan loses it on one of his best friends. He loses it, and things get ugly, bad, and sin is involved in this. Okay? Sin is involved in this. All right? And this is what happens. This breaks the peace that's happening in his life between him and God. And here's what happens. When Logan sins, his advocate, Jesus, turns to the Father and says, it's paid for. He's covered. I've paid the price for his sins. Okay? That's what's happening. Now, get this. Again, heavy lifting, but track with me. Then the Holy Spirit doesn't turn to the Father and say, Yeah, yeah, what Jesus said. That's true. He doesn't do that. You know what the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit advocates for Jesus. And he says, Logan, you don't have to live that way. Jesus loves you so much. He paid the price for the Father. He paid the price so you could be forgiven. He doesn't want you to have this in your life anymore. Go ask for forgiveness. Don't live that way. You and, and He wants to restore. That's where the Holy Spirit is advocating. He's telling you what Jesus said. He's telling you what Jesus taught. He's telling you the grace that's available. And He's not like how many. There's a difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction saying, "Come back to the Father. Come back to what Jesus paid for you. Come back," and he's and he's ple- and he's and it, Conviction and condemnation—they both hurt. How many know what I'm talking about? You both feel bad, but conviction says, "Come back." Condemnation says, "Get out of here. You're unworthy. Get out." That's condemnation. Conviction says, "The Father, He wants you to have this." peaceful this is broke what you've done has broken the peace between you and another person it's hindered the hug between you and your relationship with God and Jesus has it covered Jesus has paid the you didn't lose it okay but you just brought in some friction in this relationship and Jesus has covered your sins and the Holy Spirit is pleading for you you have dual advocates you have one going to the father and one going to you thanks guys thanks guys And so we have this opportunity now with the Holy Spirit. We're saying, I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to do those things. And when I do those things that are wrong, when I do those things that grieve the heart of God, I thank God that the Holy Spirit comes after me. I thank God that the Holy Spirit convicts me and he points me to the things Jesus said. And he points me to the things that he says, you know what, I have grace for people that have fallen. I have, I, I have grace for you. I don't condemn you. I have love for you. And when we grieve him and he brings that conviction on us, and how many, I mean, I've been convicted of little things. And, and I'm like, I can't believe I'm convicted on that. And I, and I feel like God's saying, I don't want that to hinder our relationship. And the Holy Spirit's going to come. You, you grieve. I know there's other times where I've said things that I, like, that just grieved. That just grieved. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I, I was preaching in Australia, and I, I won't even say it. I said something else, and I was like, I'm sorry. I think that grief. I'm sorry. I just felt a check in my spirit. I, I just felt like I grieved the Holy Spirit. with what I, And I said, I'm really sorry right there. And I apologize right on the spot, because I, I, I know what that's like when I grieve. And I know that the Holy Spirit's saying, hey, hey, that's not right. Take, get rid of that. Let's have peace. Let's, let's get that out of the relationship. And here's the problem. How many know that we stiff arm the Holy Spirit and we quench and we grieve and we live a life that when the Holy Spirit says, that's got to go, say you're sorry to them. We're like, no, 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 no. I'm not saying they have to come first. Hey, don't, don't talk like that. No, no, that's how our family talks, you know, and we, we sit there and we quench them and we grieve them and we miss out on the peace and the beauty of the walk that we could have with God. And I believe there's like a spiritual dynamic that's like, when we would discipline our kids, when we would discipline Connor and Logan, we'd get done, and and when we knew that it was really done right, the discipline, we'd say, now come here and hug your dad and mom. And if they were like, no, I don't hug you, I was like, come on, what do we got to talk about? But when it was done right, when the discipline was re- done right, when it was conviction and it brought about, you know, repentance and it restored, okay, you're sorry, you're really sorry, and your mom, dad, we love you, come here and hug. How many know there was a hug and there were tears and there were just, it was like, I didn't want to, do, I don't want to do that ever again, I just want to be close to you and that was like a, a full restoration that we were like, okay, good, good, beautiful, man, there's, we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit dynamic in our church. We love the way that he advocates on behalf of Jesus to get us to turn and we say, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Holy Spirit, you are welcome. We won't grieve him. We don't want to quench him, but rather we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I just pray that right now. I pray for our church. I pray that we be filled with the Spirit. I think about this, Lord, that we just, we live our lives and, and we think we just, just, we don't need that. We don't need any more. Lord, we just love that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, you are here on this earth. Holy Spirit, you're in our lives. Holy Spirit, Jesus, you baptize us in the Holy Spirit. We, oh, we just welcome you in this church. We say more of the Holy Spirit. On Pentecost weekend, we say more of the Holy Spirit. We desire to be filled with the Spirit, overflowing with the Spirit. We don't want to grieve you. We don't want to quench you. We desire for you to change us into the image of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for sending the Holy Spirit and baptizing us in the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you. So we say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Help our church to be filled with the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.